The Florida Panthers kick off game one of their five-game road trip in Calgary, where the Florida Panthers have been 500 on the road while the Calgary Flames have been 500 at home. How did that fare in their first game of this five-game road trip? We talk about that next on this edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into this edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. I'm your host, Armando Velez. You can follow me on Twitter at MondoMan12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore F. L.A. Panthers. You can also follow the national show, Lockdown NHL, and the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. We'll be covering all the regular season activities around the National Hockey League. So, Florida Panthers, they kick off their first game of this five-game Western Canadian trip with a little Seattle in it. And they laid an egg on the first one. Uh, by a final score of 5-1 to one in Calgary. This was a game where the Calgary Flames in their last four, it, which their last four games included that first game against the Florida Panthers in Sunrise, Florida, just a few weeks ago, had given up 20 goals in their last four. So they gave up six, then they gave up four, gave up six again, and then they gave up four. So that's the momentum that the Calgary Flames were carrying into this game where they were welcoming in the Florida Panthers, their first game in Canada in general uh, this season, first time they've been uh, crossing borders uh, as as well for this one. And a few team news uh, for this one. Uh, Mason Marchment is, was back in the lineup. He played on that third line uh, right wing. Uh, Maxim Mammon has been added to the taxi squad and Owen Tippett has been called up where he got four assists in two games for the Charlotte checkers, but he was a scratch in um, this one. The biggest storyline of this one was uh, Sam Bennett returning to Calgary for the first time uh, since being traded on April 12th of last season, played 402 games for the Calgary flames uh, and was shifted really all around the lineup, averaged around 13 minutes of ice time during his time in Calgary. And then you trade him to the Florida Panthers. You shift them into that second line with Jonathan Huberto and Anthony Duclair. And then he that line just gets up and running. They nicknamed it the 911 line to start uh just last season. And what they've been doing that line has been doing and Sam Bennett, his overall production with averaging a point per game since being traded, getting two of his hat tricks um, of, of his three during his career at, under a Florida Panthers sweater. And the fact that he's been adjusting to a new scenery after requesting a trade, he got his wish. It worked well for Sam Bennett. It worked well for the Calgary Flames, and they're a better team right now as well. Um, it, it, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta like what both teams have kind of gotten in return, both in the short term right now. Don't know what the long term aspects look like, especially because Calgary still needs to develop Emil Hyman, the second round pick, and see where their second round pick that they got from the Panthers lands 
this time and who they pick out of that. But as far as the short term and the right now, um, both teams are really benefiting. And the Florida Panthers, they extended Sam Bennett as well. So they got a little bit of term uh, for, for Bennett. And Bennett spoke to the media before the game. He talked about how there's a lot of great memories. He talked about a lot. Also, he talked about a lot about his uh, playoff performance because even though the Calgary Flames didn't make the playoffs every single year, Sam Bennett always showed uh, throughout the playoffs during his time in Calgary. And that's what the Florida Panthers, when they made this trade, which is we're almost going on a year of acquiring Sam Bennett. It's been nine months since the Florida Panthers acquired him. We're, we're recording this on January 19th. He got traded on April 12th on the day of the trade deadline. I mean, I think it was about like 30 minutes before the trade deadline expired that the Florida Panthers make this move. So it's a, it's a pretty, uh, it was, it, it's a pretty good situation that the second line center um, put, put himself in with uh, this trade and starting with a request uh, of it. And the Florida Panthers, we talked a little bit about team bonding. I know, I know we're coming off a podcast on talking about a loss and a loss that was not even really close, but the team bonding aspect of they went dog sledding in the Western part of Alberta, uh, Banff, um, Alberta. I looked it up on the GPS and it's on, it's almost, uh, it's almost on the border of the next province. I'm not sure. Is there a province between British Columbia and Alberta? I'm not sure. And looking this up right now, uh, as we speak, this is the difference between doing it on YouTube. Yep, there. It's British Columbia is the is the province that's right right next to Alberta. But yeah, it, it, dog sledding for the first time. Sam Bennett even talked about how he's never been dog sledding during his time in Calgary, and then he talks about how he likes the sunshine and weather uh, way more uh, than than he does the snow and uh probably negative uh degree weather that he faced out in calgary but uh still both teams really benefited from this uh trade and definitely looking forward to more uh production of sam bennett as he continues and he scored a goal in this one. Uh, we're, we'll talk about that more in the next segment, but he, sc- he scored in this one in his return. So it kind of felt a little good for uh, Sam Bennett. And I'm sure he did too. He signed a puck for a fan uh, as as well from what I saw on on, on the Twitter. So that, that was pretty cool. And it, it was a pretty cool night for the NHL as well. As they honor uh, Willie O'Ree. The whole, the whole NHL honored Willie O'Ree as the Boston Bruins uh, retired his jersey for breaking the color barrier in the NHL in the late fifties. So a great overall night for the NHL. It might have not resulted well for the Florida Panthers, but as far as the whole NHL, it was a pretty good night uh, there for a big celebration for someone who is a inspiration in this game. We saw how Anthony Duclair as part as the hockey diversity Alliance, uh, and the tape out hate and him bringing uh, that tape to his teammates and them using it in warmups the other day. And the NHL has had an issue with 
equality when it comes to blacks and whites in in the playing hockey and not just the NHL hockey in general but Willie O'Ree with breaking the color barrier and then people like Anthony Duclair and Wayne Simmons with the Hockey Diversity Alliance it's just great to see the work that they're putting in for to make this a game that everybody could participate in so I, I, I think that it's just a beautiful story and a beautiful uh, opportunity to create change in, in this game. So definitely something that I'm excited about. Before we go on to the next segment to talk about Tuesday night's 5-1 to one loss against the Calgary Flames, I first want to tell you guys about Built Bar. It's the New Year, so it means New Year's resolution. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good you'll want to eat it, unlike un- unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill. You want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. By like week three, you might be thinking, what what is this? Is it not worth it? Where's the chocolate? Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Here's an idea for the new year to go get all your secret treat stashes at home or in the pantry or in the office or in the car or wherever. Throw out all the sugar or calorie filled treats and replace them with Built Bars. So when you have cravings, a snack, or treat, you can reach for something that's healthy and tastes incredible. Even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good and is good for you. That way, when you enjoy a delicious Built Bar, you can almost count it as a workout. And there's so many flavors to choose from. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many more. In fact, Built is always coming out with a new limited time flavor, so check Built.com often to see what's new. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. So for this game against the Calgary Flames, which was the first of a five-game road trip in Western Canada and Seattle, the Florida Panthers came out with lines of Carter Hagee, Alexander Barkov, Sam Reinhart, Jonathan Huberdeau, Sam Bennett, Anthony Duclair, Frank Vetrano, Anton Lundell, and Mason Marchment, Ryan Lomberg, another person returning to Calgary, Etu Lusterinen, and Patrick Hornquist. Defensive pairings were Mackenzie Weger, Aaron Ekblad, Gus Forzing, Rago Gudis, and Ole Levy, and Brandon Montour with Spencer Knight starting in place of Bob. Thinking, I was thinking more of Bob would start four out of the five, and it's it's weird to say, weird to think what the Florida Pan where what direction the Florida Panthers are going to eventually go when they do have their back to back on Thursday and Friday against Edmonton and Vancouver. But this game from the start, the Florida Panthers, uh, when it came to getting set when it came to passing the puck in the middle, the Calgary flames found every which way to deflect passes and not allow the Florida Panthers to get in the zone entries necessary in order to create opportunities to disrupt Jacob Markstrom in this game. 
but just right after the just shortly into the first period carter hagee gets called for tripping and right off the draw 23 seconds in the goalie um spencer knight makes two saves one by uh goudreau a second could talk to goudreau and then anderson gets two opportunities at it and worst part is it's his first goal of the season so what a what a way to get his first goal of the season where spencer knight was just way out of uh his crease couldn't reposition himself after the first save and then uh, right there, right then and there, uh, a quick uh, deficit, and that's uh, something that the Florida Panthers on the road uh, this season have just been off to very slow starts on the road, and it's weird. It's just so strange how different this team is at home versus where they are on the road, and and it, it just came down to off the draw as well. Uh, and how they position themselves and both power play goals. I know I'm jumping a little ahead, but on the third uh, goal of the, of the game, uh, the Florida Panthers, uh, they lose the draw. And then right, right then and there, they, the, uh, Johnny Gaudreau uh, shoots one in and it's uh, tipped in by Sean Man- Monahan. And it just came down to getting set winning a face-off i know the face-offs are not the end-all be-all but just the ability to get set after losing it is just really the concerning part and the panthers as well when it comes to giving up the rushes as well the after the first period the calgary flames for were out rushing the florida panthers five to one uh and excuse me four to two uh, in odd man rushes and then the amount of stretch passes they connected as well, which meant means that they're out skating their opposition. Uh, so that's what the Calgary flames were doing while the, what, and what the Florida Panthers weren't doing, but, and that the second one is another sloppy play where, Panthers were unable to clear the zone. And this one was one where Spencer Knight could have uh, saved it. and But there was so many deflections. A deflection off Rago Gudis. A deflection off Mackenzie Weger. And then uh, Blake Coleman <laughs> shoots one at a weird angle and then gets it past Spencer Knight. And Spencer Knight could have gotten that one. And just out of position, everyone's like scrambling for the puck. And then Blake Coleman, not only is his uh, he scores against the Panthers in this one, but he scored in their last matchup as well. So Blake Coleman, a guy who uh, is very familiar with the cats from his time in Tampa Bay is just, uh, he, the, the season series is done between uh, these two teams, but I'm sure Blake Coleman is uh, kind of missing uh, playing the Panthers um, after tonight's game. That's for sure. And I usually try not to complain about officials in this one as well. Patrick Hornquist was tripped uh, with about two minutes left in the, First, wasn't called. And then was slashed again. Uh, not again. He was slashed in the second period. Doesn't co- Only comes back for one shift of 22 seconds and then doesn't return to the game. Uh, and th- that was uh, not the best games for the officials in this one. But the, it, it, the, the shifting of the lines that Andrew Burnett had to do after that was, was a little difficult. And even though they had a hard time getting into 
the offensive zone where Calgary was clogging up the middle, they had opportunities on the power play where both their first power play attempt in the first period, they had controlled all of the zone time and got one shot on goal. And then they had a four on three as well. And one of those power plays, they lose a, they lose a draw, they clear the Calgary flames clear. And that's what I talk about with special teams and off the draw the the Panthers had a hard time when they were down a man, but they were having a hard time when they were doing up a man too. And it gave the Calgary Flames a little bit of time to get their extra man on as the four-on-four four was ending because the four-on-four four happened at the end of the first period with Jonathan Huberto and Matthew Kachuk. And they the Florida Panthers on that rare four-on-three had all that space, all that all that time to just work it around and just try to make Jacob Markstrom uncomfortable. And they, the Calgary Flames, you got to also give credit to them. They were also getting into shooting lanes as well in this one. So the Pan- Panthers were just a little bit overwhelmed in, in, in this one as well, as the Calgary Flames were just getting bodies in, in, in front. And they, they were helping out their goalie. And that's what resulted in 29 shots on goal. I'm looking at, uh, their blocks. I mean, Florida had one more block than Calgary, but I, I feel like every single time it was in front of the net, you you had you saw that the Calgary Flames were just bouncing everything off. And there was a shot chart that, from what I saw from the second period on, most of Florida's shots were not in the middle of the slot, and Calgary's were too. And two of their two of their goals that they had in this one, their both uh, the fourth one and the fifth, both came off uh, rushes breakaways, and that was just the straw that broke the camel's back in this one. And just uh, the it was just a, a matter of not being in position, not just a lot of puck watching as well. And just not forcing it outside. Randy Moeller, a lot of the time during the intermission, talked about forcing it more outside to use your speed, to draw penalties. And the Florida Panthers just had a hard time doing that. And the Calgary Flames did not look like a team that gave up 20 goals in a four-game stretch when this one they only gave up one. So unlike the Panthers to uh, score only one goal. And with this one, the the Florida Panthers' streak of defensemen recording a point in the season has ended at 39 games. So throughout the first 38 games, the Florida Panthers, a defenseman of the Florida Panthers recorded a point and that ended. Uh, So tough with the Florida Panthers kicking off game one of this uh, road trip, but, but Sam Bennett getting that goal off a, off a loose puck, Carver Hagee shoots it. Mason Marchman scrambling for it and then gets it to Sam Bennett right on front of the doorstep. And then Sam Bennett get, records a, a a goal in this one. And weird weird thing about it is that the Scotiabank Saddle Dome uh, played sweetness a few seconds after the Panthers scored. So that was a, that was kind of funny. And I don't know if that was done on purpose, but uh, I think the the DJ of the Scotiabank Saddle Dome was a little unaware that that was the song that the 
Florida Panthers use for uh, their goals. But it was great to see Sam Bennett uh, score. And Andrew Burnett talked about it after the game that he takes blame for a lot of the the out of position that the Florida Panthers were in. And a lot of it has to do with preparation, mental preparation, as the Florida Panthers are very comfortable at home, but they just haven't when they've taken their show on the road. And the it's a little bit of a concern not not gonna lie five five and five now for the cats uh on the road with four left on this road trip and they'll be going on a little bit of a road trip as well to end the first part of the season before the quote-unquote olympic break um for the cats and the nhl Uh, and you gotta have a little bit of something positive to look into when when the Olympic break does come about, because now the the Florida Panthers are in a position right now where they're still set to win the division if they continue playing well. The, I know the Tampa Bay Lightning won last night um, on the road against the LA Kings. They the Florida Panthers still have a better points percentage than Tampa Bay, but it's uh the Florida Panthers just really got to get it going on the road. And it starts with uh, how Andrew Burnett helps prepare his team because this team could very well play as well on the road as they do at home. Am I saying like score like six, six goals or nine goals or even get close to 10? I'm not saying that, but the, the amount of the amount of wins that they picked up at home, it's not a fluke whatsoever. It like the, the fact that they've won that much and scored that much, it just doesn't happen by accident. And it's just about learning how to say, Hey, I know we're not at home, but we got to remember how to play our game and just go back to that. Go back to saying, telling yourselves, play our game. Let's play the game that we know how to play. And that, and I think it starts with that. And then if they, if the players really, just go back to just that simple thought. I think that's going to really help reflect on the ice. And I think a lot of times things are just being overthought on the road as well, too, when it comes to mental preparation for, for this team. And the Florida Panthers don't have too much time in be in between though practice today at 2 PM in Edmonton before taking on the Edmonton Oilers on Thursday, we'll preview that game tomorrow and then a back-to-back against the Vancouver Canucks on Friday at uh, Rogers Place. So that not off to a great start for this Florida Panthers team. Uh, I talked about how seven points for this team would be a very encouraging road trip, but the maximum now is they can get eight in this one and it starts with a W on on Thursday against Edmonton and to really set up this uh, road trip on a better note. And if they lose to Edmonton, uh, especially in reg- regulation, we might have to have some hard, um, hard conversations here on Locked On Panthers. And hopefully we won't have to. Um, <laughs> this uh, it, It's nuts how good vibes we've been in with the Panthers and their home success. And it's just been almost a complete 180 on the road. But before 
we break down the preview, excuse me, the Thursday game against the Edmonton Oilers, we're going to talk about a few announcements that the NHL made uh, today based on COVID and the PHF as well. We're going to talk about the PHF in the next segment on Locked on Panthers. But first, I want to tell you all about Bet Online. And Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march towards the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKED ON to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. So, for the NHL, they have announced that there will be no new COVID rules for the NHL post all-star break. And it's the timing is not a surprise of why after the all-star break that they're putting these new COVID rules. What are the COVID rules is that they're not going to test asymptomatic players uh, and they're only going to test people who, when they cross the border and if symptoms arrive after they cross the border. So, the NHL, the reason why they're doing this, it's kind of obvious why they're doing this, is that they're set to announce their postponements from every, well, not every, but most games that were postponed in late December to due to the spread of the Omicron variant. And the NHL doesn't want any disruption when it comes to more rescheduling. So it's basically the NHL saying, see no COVID, hear no COVID, speak no COVID. So unless it's cross-border travel, and one of two things are going to happen after the All-Star break and when cross-border travel happens and testing goes on, is you're either going to have a lot of players who all test negative and they've had an outbreak before and they did not know about it or you're gonna have a big outbreak already and it might cause the whole team to go on on a pause but uh, about let's let's also remember that a lot of the nhl has already been on the covid list at some point this season so the chances of it testing positive again i'm not sure but you can get covid again as well but how long in between can you get it and that's something that we still just don't know we've been in this since march of 2020 and we still don't know (laughs) so it's just uh it's just so we there's just so much uncertainty that we just don't know all the right answers and of course with the nhl trying to help their bottom line let's just call it as it is they're trying to help their bottom line Uh, of course the players owe the escrow on the salary cap, which will prevent it from increasing for like the next two years. So the 
NHL is trying to satisfy their TV partners, the arenas uh, to fill in fans. I mean, the reason why a lot of Canadian teams have postponed games is due to attendance um, rules. And they want to make sure that they're not playing those games without any fans. They want to put fans in those seats and they want those teams to make money. So that's the reason. That's the reason why. So it's not due to, it's not a lot of it due to big outbreaks recently. And it's just their way of trying to just recoup some of that uh, lost income for them. So it's a, it's a difficult situation and I, there's no perfect answers for, for this. That's the thing. And that's something that I've learned how to accept a little bit. And it's really hard to process as well because, because I might, you might have COVID right now. I might have COVID. Your neighbor right next to you might have COVID right now. And we might not even know about it. And then we're going out and spreading something that we don't, we, we don't know that we have. And the NHL not testing people asymptomatic, it may, it's a little bit uneasy, a little bit. I, 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 I'm not going to lie. It may, it's a little uneasy. But the NHL, of course, it's not a surprise that they're uh, trying to satisfy all their all all the people that they have to satisfy in the TV partners and owners. And the next thing I want to talk about before we wrap up the show is the PHF, the the Professional Hockey Feder, Feder, Federation. Uh, this the. ESPN Plus has adopted uh, the, this this league, the broadcasting rights to to show to showcase uh, women's hockey on their platforms. One of our hosts on the Locked On Network, Erica Ayala, is actually one of the play by play broadcasters of the PHF, and she does an outstanding job. Um, I can't say that I've watched every single game of the PHF. I've watched like a little bit of like one or two, but the the growth of hockey and women's hockey and fair wages for the players in the PHF is going up. The PHF is going to invest in the next few years. And th- and we're talking about a pan uh, this going through a pandemic still that they're going to increase their salary cap uh in in the next in the next few years. Um this year is 150k with the average salary of 700 $7,500, which of course is not livable. Um, if you spread that out throughout 12 months, it's not even, it's, it's only a couple thousand dollars for these players. So these players have to find different day jobs outside of the PHF. Then in 21, 22, 300K is the salary cap where the average income, excuse me, salary would be $15,000, a little better. The players won't have to work as much off the ice and they'll focus, they can focus on their craft. Great news. And then the big, this is the big one 2022, 2023, 750K with the average salary $37,500. That's below the average income of an earner in the United States. But it's still somewhat livable that this can be their only job. And if they want to get some other type of side hustles, they can do it whenever they want. And it's not something urgent for them to do outside of this. And they could just focus more on their craft. And it's great. 
it's great for the growth of the game. It gives hope for people who want to earn the the same amount and they see all these nhl players making millions and millions of dollars i know nhl compared to the other three major american american sports i mean and canadian um that they don't make as much but still the, these hockey players are making millions and millions and millions of dollars while <coughs> players on the phf are struggling to make ends meet so it's it's just a step in the right direction for the players for the PHF. And I'm, I couldn't be more excited that they're getting their opportunity to get a bigger payday than what they already were. So a step in the right direction and <coughs> excuse me. Um, and hopefully that also that it does increase more to 37,000, more than $37,000 in the near future as they, the PHF also looks to expand as well. So that's that's what we can only hope. But also to help promote the PHF as well. So that that that's what I can encourage. And I will do my absolute best to also watch more of the PHF as well. I know this is <coughs> excuse me. I know this is locked on Panthers, but I also want to encourage more people to invest in the PHF and that's what's going to investing in the PHF and the viewership is going to help bring more of the money into the PHF and help pay their players more. So that's what I can hope to for the PHF and in their mission to pay their players almost an equal wage to the men. And hopefully it does eventually one day so tomorrow on lockdown panthers we're going to preview thursday night's matchup between the florida panthers and the edmonton oilers a matchup of four top four picks all on the ice at the same time for the florida panthers and the edmonton oilers so it's going to be a fun one the edmonton oilers are kind of in a free fall right now the Florida Panthers, despite dropping their game against Calgary, they've been on the upward trajectory as they continue their quest to win the division while the Edmonton Oilers are just trying to stay afloat and try to make the playoffs. So we'll talk about that more on tomorrow's episode on Lockdown Panthers. But in the meantime, if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast to be notified every single time the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Make sure to subscribe to Locked On NHL and the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. We'll be covering all the regular season activities around the National Hockey League. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And for your second listen of the day, make sure to listen to today's episode of Locked On Bets. Your one-stop shop for all things gambling. Locked On Bets. Hosted by Boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms, so subscribe to Locked On Bets podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Sorry, Ramon Velez. Signing off. And you've been listening to Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. We're your team every day. <laughs>